Hey, welcome back to the Infos Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And Daryl, this is episode 385. Let me tell you about Isaac's best friend. <laughs> so, You're my best friend, best friend. Let me tell you about my best friend. <laughs> That'd have been anyway, hilarious if that was playing in the background. That's what they should have done. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, all right. So we got a bunch of topics this week, but we're not going to talk about most of them for very long. Um, but, uh, we're going to give you guys an update on the WGA writer strike and our thoughts on that. Um, I think Daryl's really going to be shocked by what I have to say. Uh, we're going to talk about the guardians of the galaxy three box office watch, um, and the across the spider verse, uh, some news about their box office as well. And I know there's a bunch of other stuff going on, but like, this is the stuff that we kind of found interesting this week. And then Soups and Lolo episode eight and Ted Lasso episode nine. So Daryl, thank you so much for filling in with me last week. I had a, uh, I was not having a great week and just a bunch of personal stuff happening. And I just wasn't able to get to a point where I wanted to podcast. <laughs> so I appreciate you stepping in. It was an awesome episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Daryl killed it. Thank you very much. Anyway, um, so I uh, I had a Frank the Tank night last night. We we went to Red Robin for dinner, <laughs> and then we went oh, to I haven't Kohl's, been there in a while. And then we went to Costco. And I was like, oh man, I'm living Will Ferrell's character. Okay, and, that's a, <laughs> an old. School. That is such a weird. That's such a weird uh, confluence of events right there. Right. <laughs> It's like, I, I was like, I, do I need to go get an old T-bird and start fixing it up and call it the Red Dragon? <laughs> so, uh, we're going streaking. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought you would find that funny. Um, but do you want to just hop right into it? Let's do it. All right. Um, okay. So, first up. The Writers' Strike. Uh, the Writers' Guild of America went on strike May 1st at midnight. Uh, so it's been, what, about 13 and a half days that they've been on strike as of this moment of recording on Saturday the 13th. <sighs> so they're, they're, they're arguing because they want to get paid more and they want you know better royalties and things like that. All of which I agree. If you're a good writer. Yes. So we have been, it's really funny because like, I've seen a lot more people like paying attention to like who's directing, producing and writing these shows now, not just the actors like on YouTube. And this is something we've been talking about for years at this point. Um, if these writers want to get paid more money, they need to do a better job writing. And this is what you get when you hire people with zero experience now, yes, people need to have experience to write shows. 100%. They have to get that experience to be able to write on television in movies, whatever. But giving someone who has zero to three credits, a show running job in a writer's room to lead is why we are in the situation when we're in with the state of television and movies. Yes. Do you disagree? I 100% agree. I, again, I'm the guy that I will not 
begrudge somebody for that deserves it that right. I see. Right. Like, could we talk about this in sports all the time? Like, you know, I, again, I will question the decision on maybe the front mm. office of, say, mm-hmm. for instance, giving Jalen Hurts a massive deal, despite well, the fact that the guy was balled out of his mind. Right. And I mean, he could have been the MVP last he year. He probably should have been the MVP. Let's probably be, and, should have. And that's You're hard for me to say as a Giants fan. Yeah. 100%. Again, if you give a quality product you're you're you know what you deserve whatever the market decides you you deserve to get when you do do a good job right like you said and, and i 100 agree if these if you have good writers give them whatever they need they want and whatever they deserve however a big problem with this is you have to look at the returns as well Right. You look at these the ratings of these shows that are just absolutely in the garbage, and it's because of the bad writing. It's because of these people that don't have the experience, and that some people just don't have the experience. Other people don't have the talent. Right. Some of a lot of them have both, or are well, lacking in both. And I think the bigger issue is not that; it's just the agendas that these people are pushing, and not necessarily yes. the the skill or, or whatnot for, you know, the, yeah. uh, and this is the thing. There have been shows and, and movies that may have a message mm-hmm. that I can see that, you know, it's like, it's not something I agree with, but it's, it's done in a way that I can appreciate because it's well, it's well written. But yeah. a lot of the stuff we get now is not well written. And you can tell because the message is hitting you in the head with a 25 pound hammer. Right. And it, it, there's no subtlety about it. And, and again, like you said, the agenda is the world we see it today. That You shouldn't be writing like that. Right. You should be writing for something. If you, Yes, if you have a message, you doesn't matter if it's a whatever the message is. You want to, as a writer, have that message where, yes, people can relate to it. Not necessarily agree with it, but they can relate to it. Not just now, but 20 years from now. Just like look at all look at a lot of the books that we've read we read in high school and college and what they call the classics. Right. These books were written in times where we have no idea how that time was. We've never lived that time, mm-hmm. but we can relate to the messages. We can relate to the characters because they are well written. Right. That's the most important thing. We talk about that all the time. It's just give us some. Just give us a good story. Yeah. For tell example. me, tell me something and, good. Like it can, it can even have your your woke bullshit message in there, right? Right. Yeah. But if it's yeah. a good story, I'm gonna watch it. Like now, if it's a good story and Chris Evans is doing the acting, it's probably gonna be bad. But <laughs> what the- you know, like I get it. You know, um, like if it's a good story and, and you you put Alyssa Milano in it, you know it's gonna be bad. Uh, but. <laughs> Anyway, it's it's a good story, and yeah. it's your guy. Uh, your what's it? What was his name again? Which guy? I always forget his name. That uh, he was in Skyline. He was in. You always say, "Oh, if he's in it, oh, the show's Eric Balfour." He's the oh, show killer, Eric Balfour, <laughs> along with Natalie Morales on the female side of the the spectrum as a show killer. Um, but anyway, no. Here's the thing, though: is as long as they keep putting this shit out that they put out, like, um, so I. I I tried watching the first episode of Kenobi and, um, you know, I kind of wish your Disney plus account would log me back out. (laughs) So, um, 
but if this is the type they're putting out, then no, I am not going to be on the writer's side for this. No. Now, like, 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 so there's a, sh- there's a link in the show notes and it's talking about how some of these TV shows and movies are being affected. The late night shows are all on hiatus. And here's the thing is the last time the writer's strike happened, I think it was around like 2009 or something five. like that. Five. Oh, there's one in yeah, five or uh, six. It was during the second like season that. of Chuck. That's all I remember. Um, and it's why the third season supernatural. Yeah. And it's why the second season of Chuck was not the best. Um, it still had some good moments, but anyway, but like Jay Leno stayed on the air the entire time. Do you know why? What, what, I mean, well, let me ask you, do you know the difference between Jay Leno and Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon? Um, I want to say Seth something. Um, Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, you know, the dude uh, who was on Saturday Night Live. And then yeah. um, the fat dude from England. And then Bill Maher. And, well, actually take Bill Maher out of that. Um, and John Oliver. I would say, again, what I little I know of Leno and what I've watched, he's actually sort of funny. And he probably, he doesn't need a room full of writers to do his shit. There you go. He was an actual stand-up comic who could go out there and monologue without anybody else writing his stuff for him. And then he was a great interviewer. He really was. Like yeah. I, yeah, you know, Jay gets a lot of shit because of what happened with him and Conan. But like, yeah, he does not need a writer's room of fifty people like um, the um, Stephen Colbert, you know, does. Well, it's funny. I didn't realize these guys were doing that until look, probably like last year at time. Oh, or really? Maybe a year before that. Yeah. Like I didn't realize these these guys did not have this. Well, because I never watch him, first of all. Yeah, I've seen the takes of Jimmy Kimmel, and it's like, dude, you're not funny. Jimmy Kimmel doesn't have any actual skills. I think he just sucked Harvey Weinstein's you-know-what. Yeah, so, yeah, I didn't realize that until recently in the last couple years, and it's just, uh, my opinions of them went even further down the toilet. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, like, um, Jimmy Fallon, for example, right? Like, he used to be really, like, I thought his Tonight Show was really good. And mm-hmm. he steered clear of the politics for, I, I feel like, as long as he possibly could. And then all of a sudden, it was like, Trump this, Trump that, Trump, 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 Trumpity, Trump, 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 Trump. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not you, dude. You're not good at this. You're not funny at this. Like, you look uncomfortable doing this. I was going to say, he, I, the times I saw that, him doing that, he just looked very uncomfortable. And like, you know, and I think like, you know, with like the guys from the roots, especially like Questlove, I feel like there was probably a lot of like influence from them for doing this. But anyway, so a lot of these shows are shutting down. Like Tony Gilroy got criticized because he wanted to keep production work going for Andor season two. And then like he took a bunch of grief from the from the media and the and the unions. And so now he decided like, oh, no, we're just going to put everything on pause. And it's like. Dude, why would you put it on pause if you don't need writers? Yeah, I, I don't get that either. That's the thing. I I, I so, don't get that. And, like, um, and again, stop. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna these. And again, it's all it's falling on deaf ears. Yeah, stop caving to fucking bully pressure. Yeah. If you if you believe in something and and, you, and again, like you said, he's not using right. If you, if you're in a production where the writers are you you don't need them at the time, why are you stopping? In solidarity right. no you're doing it because you're getting pressured to do it right. and just 
Well, I mean, par for the course. That's the that's what Hollywood is like. That's what yeah. entertainment is like. People but. getting pressured to do shit that they don't want to do. Right. And they. Right. I mean, like, so like Blade shut down, of course, like they've had to go back and rewrite their script, like for the third or 12th time. Um, Cobra Kai shut down for its final season. So what does that do? Uh, Good Omens. Sec- I didn't even realize Good Omens was doing a second season. It's a pretty self-contained yeah. story. Amazon is just whores. Gutfeld is still yeah. going live. Like, but again, he's like a funny guy. And like, they, like, you know, their writers are like actually like news people. So, um, there's that house of the dragon had all their scripts done. So they're just moving forward with like, um, you know, non-writing work. Um, uh, what else? Like, you know, some of the stuff like rings of power, like is moving forward with production despite the, the strike. Um, Saturday night live, thank goodness went dark. Um, <laughs> stranger <laughs> things like stranger things, those guys, they're like, they're not moving forward with anything until like an agreement is reached. It's like, why? Like, just keep working. Like if you yeah. don't, if you have stuff that you don't need writers for, um, you know, you don't need writers, like just keep going. Like, and here's the thing. It's not like I don't like want the, the writers to make more money. It's just, I think these people are, they're so disingenuous about what they do. Anyway, um, yes. you know, at, at this point, like if the, if the writers are going to keep writing the way they write and acting the way they write, then good. Stay on strike. These studios will find people to write this stuff and hopefully they would go to the union and be like, you know what? We don't need you. Yes. So, but at the same time too, invest studios, invest in scripts, spend more money on scripts, spend more, spend, spend a lot of money on a really good first draft. Yeah. Um, don't spend a lot of money on a first draft that's supposed to be the middle movie of a trilogy. That makes no sense. Like Ruin Johnson. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, know. that was like Kathleen Kennedy should have thrown hot coffee in his face and then kicked him in the nuts <laughs> when he came in with that bullshit. Like, I mean, that seems like the only logical reaction to like, this is my idea for a Star Wars movie. My name is Ryan Donovan. A space chase. Yes. The world's slowest spaceship chase. Which made absolutely no sense. The dude should have watched 33 and been like, this is how you do a spaceship chase. Anyway, let's move on from this because I'm just going to get myself into more and more trouble. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy box office. Uh, Where are we with the Guardians of the Galaxy box office, Daryl? Domestically through what are we through a week? So Thursday to Thursday, it's at 152 million. Um, (laughs) It's Sunday. It's uh, Sunday to Monday was a drop of 71 (coughs) percent. Yeah, um, but it went up 24 percent on Tuesday to 11 million (laughs) dollars. And then went down again. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> so it is um, actually, oh, I thought I had it pulled up. One sec. Um, so if you're looking at Guardians, so looking at Guardians Volume 2, right? 
um, original release, domestic. On day seven, it was at 183 million. Um, it's Monday also had a 74% drop from 39 to nine, but then it's Tuesday had 12. But I mean, it is, it is not making money the way they want it to. Um, it the finished, way they eat it. Well, yeah. Well. So, I mean, and that movie finished with 863 million and that was like just under a $200 million budget. Whereas guardians volume three was $250 million plus budget. Plus they had a huge marketing campaign for this movie. Yeah. Um, so right. I imagine that's up around 3 million. So worldwide it's sitting at 384 right now, uh, 231 international, but keep in mind. So like this movie opened in China, it opened to $33 million. Disney only gets 20% of that box office. Damn. Right. They get about 55% of the domestic box office and then anywhere from like 30 to 40% of the rest of the international box office. Um, so we'll just say of this 384 million worldwide on average, let's say they're getting 40% of that. Yeah, this is not going well. No, this is, this isn't. And from what I understand, it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. um haley saw yeah. it and she said dad it's a good superhero movie i mean cool that's um actually yeah. a pretty based take uh you know she she liked it for the most part she said there's a few things she's like you'll know it when you see it <laughs> i'm like great um <laughs> great my kid understands that now so <laughs> oh remind me i have like an after show thing for you to tell you about like something i had a proud dad moment and i don't want to share it like okay with the internet but um anyway so this this movie is not doing great um it's doing about six well what is it so you know it's around let's see like five to six thousand dollars per theater on average um which is roughly the same as the last time right as volume two but almost double the people were seeing it like there were more tickets sold when you when you adjust for the uh, seven to nine dollar ticket price in twenty fourteen or whenever it was and um, or twenty sixteen sorry and what twenty eighteen and what it is now. Yeah, I. I mean, even I doing mean, like a close to matinee, like you know, like just after the matinee time ends, it's like sixteen dollars a ticket now for not even like um, IMAX. Yeah. And I was just uh, looking. I just did a quick look yeah. at Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. It was at 187 yeah. at this time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that had from, to, you know, from Thursday to Monday, a 62% drop. Yeah. I mean, Commie Mania. <laughs> I'm sorry. Quantum Mania. Socialist on, Mania. <laughs> so on the Thursday was at 135. So it's it's performing better. Um, but I mean, it like the drop, you know, it went from 46 million on Friday to 8 million on Friday. So, I mean, we'll know more in a couple of days about volume three, um, you know, cause it's just Saturday to see how it did. But like, if it makes 12 million, um, 
If it makes $25 million, I think they should view it as a success. Because I saw a Deadline article saying, like, oh, Guardians is heading to a $54 million weekend. Okay, that's where I saw it. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, that's horrible. Yeah. That's, that's, a se- that's, a, that's, that's an over 70% drop. That's not good, man. No. No, 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 no. I mean, and Dis- Disney can't go. Disney can't afford to go fill theaters, quote, um, by buying out tickets like they did for Captain Marvel, allegedly. No, not when they're losing four million subscribers to Disney Plus. Yeah, I thought about putting that in the show notes, but I didn't. Anyway, so yeah, so I mean, Guardians isn't looking good. Now, I am not talking about the quality of the movie because I have not seen it. I'm strictly looking at the facts of the box office. This movie is on track to make roughly, maybe a little bit, it might cross 500 million, but it's not going to be that 700 million it needs to make money. And they don't have that Bob Chapek math going on about how Disney's going to pay itself for streaming rights. Because that's not how that works when you own your own streaming service. <laughs> so, yeah, it's again, it's. I, I I'm gonna I might try to see it tomorrow if I you know if I can put in my schedule. Yeah. But I, I again I've heard that it's a decent from decent to good movie. Right. But again this this is the problem when we talk about Marvel and and franchises and, yep. and universes is that you know what what do they say like shit runs downhill. Mm-hmm. So when you have a ton of crap at the top of the hill in these last several years with that. That's that's not a that's not even a discussion. That's not even no. an argument. No, it, it's the fact that they've had crap the last couple of years from the movies to especially the TV shows. Yep. And you, you can't different. And people can't, look. People see it's the same thing with Star Wars. It what happens is you see you see everything that this franchise has given you in the last few years, and you say, well, why am I going to go see this? Right. Why? I Same told you, I was like halfway you know, it's, through it's, that Obi Wan episode. I'm like, please just log me back out. And then I, to, then I, then I just quit. To, I just quit. I was please, like, I'm done. please, 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 please. You have to watch it to see the Princess Leia trying to escape from kidnappers in the in the in the forest. Is that it, the first episode? Is, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember when it is. But you have. Please watch it. Just watch it. So please. I'll tell you why I tried. Is I saw an Instagram reel of a battle between him and Vader with some like stone spires around them. And I was like, this cannot look this bad. Like this has to be because maybe it's compressed on Instagram and no, it Mm -hmm. looks worse than I thought. They're, you know, they're only probably out of the whole six episodes, 10 minutes of Obi-Wan that I actually liked. Hmm. And you can guess what those 10 minutes probably were and who they included. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm, and again, it might not be 10 minutes. It might be a little bit less. Like the final fight between Obi-Wan and Vader. I really like that. The flashback between Obi-Wan and Anakin. I, I like that. Uh, the initial fight between Obi-Wan and Vader in there. It, 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 I don't know if that's what you're talking about. It doesn't look good. Yeah. I don't know if it was the final it, it's, fight it's or where it was but or where again, it happened. Th- there, there are a huge amount of issues with the whole volume thing that the effects just don't look good, but the scenes themselves and the motion, those are the three things I actually liked about the show. Everything else was either mid to just God awful to laughingly bad. So, but yeah, you're right. Like I, 
like it's if guardians is getting back to guardians if that's if this is one of those movies that when we see it it's like man this is actually pretty decent yeah but again it's i'll give it credit where credit is due so right she is being affected by things around it yeah she did say that the um adam warlock the kid that plays him will whatever his name is um who she loves that kid for whatever reason um she was like, it was a waste. Like he was a movie too late. So anyway, let's move on to into the spider or across the spider verse. Sorry. Um, so across the spider verse comes out in June. Uh, and they say it's tracking for a, and this is from the Hollywood reporter, Spider-Man across the universe tracking for huge <laughs> 70 to 80 million <laughs> box office opening. Did I get it? Did I nail it? Yeah, you did. Huge. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, did you do the hand thing? I did do the hand thing. <laughs> uh, I've been working, I've, I've been working on my Trump impression, and it's he's got a hard one to do. Like I can do some voices, but his is really hard. Um anyway, so Sony Animation is highly anticipated. I don't know how, how highly anticipated. I do not see people talking about this. I, I again it's and like I mean like just... I've been on social more in the last couple of weeks because of some stuff that's happened and just trying to find more information. Um anyway, uh highly I'm gonna just air quotes they're highly anticipated. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse is looking in great shape according to box office tracking. The sequel to Best Animated Feature Oscar winner Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse should enjoy a domestic debut of 70 to $80 million over the June 2nd to 4th weekend, according to sources with access to research data. Now, at this point for Guardians Volume 3, so we were, what, a couple weeks out, they were tracking that to open to $180 million. Mm-hmm. And... They readjusted down to 140, and then they went down to 110, which I think they did on purpose because they were. It was probably going to do. They didn't want to say 120, and then it not reach 120, which it didn't. Yeah. Um. So the first in, uh, into the Spider Verse uh, opened to 35 million dollars domestically, um, and it it's worldwide. It was only 384 million. Now, when you like look at what Mario did, right? Like Mario crossed a billion. I think it's at a billion point two now. Um, like it, like Mario set a whole new standard for animated movies. Oh yes, it did. And if this is only gonna like, if this is gonna open to seventy, like, you know, this is not getting it done, uh, in my opinion. But like. There's been some weird stuff about like Gwen Stacy possibly being trans. There is, um, you know, they they have Jessica Drew coming in with a Misty Knight character skin. Um, you know, it, it's just really, really weird. Um, and it says here in the article, Thursday tracking report also brought a revised forecast for several other high profile profile films little mermaid little mermaids estimated opening increased from 110 to 115 and 120 million 
uh, or to between 115 and 120, which there's no fucking way that movie's making that much money. Uh, And Fast X, which we definitely have to go see and review, um, which debuts on June 19th, is looking to open between 67 and 70, which I feel like that movie will overperform because... I think that's going to overperform. Everybody likes... like, Well, nobody likes the Fast and Furious movies, but we all like the Fast and Furious movies, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Okay. So, kind of like, exactly kind of like I didn't like Entourage, but I still loved Entourage. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I, 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 I'm really interested because I, I feel like they've been really wrong about this stuff lately. Um, I, I think, uh, I think they're, they're trying to blame things like superhero fatigue and then turn around and be like, but this movie is going to do great. Yeah, it's it's so. talking about both sides out, out both sides of their mouth yeah. because and and like you said, they they adjust it down to that hundred ten million because they didn't want to have the movie to have egg on its face and have you know one twenty five and then it hits what it did, right? Yeah, so like so I'm I'm uh. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to see it. I'm not really interested in it because I did not. I'm not a huge fan of the first one. Yeah. See, like I said, I I, I really I really like the first one. I mean, it it I it's one of those things I can watch over and over again. I don't necessarily, but mm-hmm. even with that, even how much I like the first one, I have zero almost zero interest in this. Right. One. Yeah. Like it's like I thought the yeah, first one was a I, really I like- good self-contained movie even though it yeah. did what it did at the end with Spider-Man 2099. But I liked yeah. leaving that kind of open-ended. That was the thing I liked the best. And now it looks like they're going to make Miguel O'Hara like some sort of a bad guy. You know, so I don't like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, it's just, like I said, it's just too yeah. much. It just I'll watch looks it like when it's, it's on stars, <laughs> you know? Yes. So Yes. When it streams, yeah. I will watch it. But I, I, I have, other things I'd rather do than yeah. go to the movies and watch that movie. Beat myself in the head with a hammer. <laughs> jump off a bridge with not a lot of water underneath it. Yeah. Drop uh, a forty-pound kettlebell on my. I mean, I mean that's just like a Tuesday night. <laughs> um, you know, so so, so yeah. I so know. what I just just before we move yeah. on, I was just doing a quick tracking of when we were talking about we think. Uh, Fast and fast was it fast X fast X is is going is under what did they say 70 million they said 67 it, to 70 million which is really funny so, because everything else gets like a five to ten million dollar range of the league now this one's only a three million dollar range because we're so yeah. so the thing is I, I did the last three movies mm-hmm. have like fast furious seven open to 147 yeah. fate of the furious open to 90 something yeah. and then fast nine or f9 or whatever they yeah. called it uh, opened up only opened up to seventy. So, so but you got to remember that that John Cena one opened during the pandemic. Oh yes, that is actually a very so, good point because it was twenty twenty one. Yes, so because yes. we went that and is saw. A very good remember, point. we we yeah. we saw that and we were like the only people in the theater. Yeah, that, I think that, that was is the one where true. we had to like wear masks to go in, and then like it was like, oh yeah, no, there's nobody yeah. else in here. I'm not wearing a mask. Anyway, yeah. all right. Let's uh let's move on to the old soups and Lolo. Um, 
so I missed last week's episode. Um, and you gave Superman and Lois a 2.5 out of five, um, for forever and always. And I'm not going to rehash it. Uh, I liked that episode a little more than you. I would have given it a solid three. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So true. just just to, to kind of catch up. So um, this one is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. It was directed by Gregory Smith, written by Aaron Helbig, or Bing, sorry, um, who is Todd Helbing's brother. I'll get to that in a second. Um, so out of five, getting coffee for real heroes. What do you give this one? <laughs> Which, by the way, that was a shitty thing to say. Uh I give this a 3.25 out of 5. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'm giving it a 3.66. I actually really liked this episode. I thought this was the first episode of the season that moved the story in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I liked most about last week's episode, by the way, was when the boys went to talk to their grandma's um, force ghost. And yeah. they're like, just healer just use the kryptonian this and healer <laughs> and then Did, like the cucked move of like well we can't because the world doesn't have access to this we'll give well, access that's what, to the world dipshit yeah how about well, that, that you selfish fuck yeah that was my uh seriously yeah. crawler yeah that, that's why i said that i yep. seriously crawler. that yeah. really annoyed me yep, yep, yep. all right uh it, so real quick aaron helbig is todd helbig's brother they were co-showrunners on the flash and then they split up and Aaron went off and did some other things. And so this is the first thing they've collaborated on in a few years. And I really think it shows because like I said, this was the episode that moved the story along more than any other episode mm-hmm. had really good pacing. And we learned a lot of stuff about Mannheim, uh, mm-hmm. his wife and like where they like came from and how they got to where they are. And the shadow of Lex Luthor is getting bigger. Um, yes. The one thing I hated about this episode was that Bizarro Superman woke up. Oh yeah. So, um, or Bizarro. And the, the, and again, there was the un, unintentionally funny, which should have been serious mm-hmm. moment that I laughed at was the fate of Pia and yeah, how she got to it, which I. <laughs> So let's just talk about that. Okay. So, yeah. So the, the episode essentially ends uh, or the last, like, I don't know, like maybe 10 minutes of the episode is, um, Mateo invites Natalie to dinner with his family and she goes and John Henry's like, yeah, sure. And like, he goes and sees his sister and then, you know, the dinner's going well. They're all like, Oh, Natalie, you're so great. You're so awesome. Stunning and brave. And that is actually a really good character. So um, I'm just being facetious there. But, uh, but then like, as the dinner's going on and, and everything's going well there and it's like, okay, he does not, Mannheim does not know about Natalie. Like, Cause like that was yeah. a concern, right? Cause my concern was like, he had sent his son to like, you know, woo John Henry's daughter. I'm really glad that they didn't do that. I think again, that took tremendous restraint. Um, but they're going Which on this and, show over the years has been known to do. Yes, like, I mean, 100%. as far as keeping restraint involved in the yeah. production. Um, and, and so they're, they're going on and everything. And, we flash back to John Henry and he's with his, you know, this world's sister and they're talking and, and he mentions where they're having dinner. And she was like, Oh, that's where you hung out with Mannheim. 
Um, and so he goes to get Natalie. And Mannheim, for the first time, shows the mustache twirling villain that we've been expecting to see this entire time. He has yeah. security take the kids out. Um, he has his men hold John Henry and starts beating him, like, mercilessly. Yeah. And, Which, yeah. This, and that was a, one of the things I really liked is that, again, this what I didn't like so far about this series, one of the things is trying to paint Mannheim in a sympathetic light. Right. And, I, yeah, just this whole cancer story, I mentioned it last week. Mm-hmm. When I, I, I'm just, it's just not hitting the right notes. For it's me. not I just hitting don't the like right it. notes with Lois. I think with Pia, that's yes. a different story. Yeah. So, but oh, sorry, go ahead. the thing is with Mannheim, I really liked how they showed this guy is ruthless. Mm-hmm. It, even when he like when he was try, with the whole Pia ended up killing you know all the guys in a couple episodes ago or last episode, there was nothing about Mannheim that there was a thirty second clip a couple episodes ago when he threatened John uh, Henry when mm-hmm. he said if something happens to me I will kill your whole family right. basically. Yeah, that was the only time I really felt that Mannheim. Mm-hmm was a force to be reckoned with until this episode. Right. Um, so I feel like they were trying to go for like a Mr. Freeze thing with him. Like the misunderstood hero. Right. Yeah. That was the, right. the version of the Batman, the animated series, Mr. Freeze. Cause Mr. Freeze was always kind of yes. a one note thing in the comics. And then it's like, no, his wife, Nora got doused with the, or got, uh, this disease and he's the only one that can heal it. But like he needs this and he couldn't get it. So he stole a diamond. You know, um, like he did what he did to justify the, the, the ends were justifying his means, which is yes. never like, in my opinion. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so they get to the restaurant, he's beating them. Um, John Henry calls the suit and then like Pia, like blasts him through the wall um, without the suit and then he gets the suit on and everything and they're they're standing still and then Clark has to go and and step in and I thought I really thought Clark was gonna do the clap you know I thought so too like I yeah like because he was holding his hands over his ears like doing what he needed to do um but like he didn't and you know it was uh it it was really interesting, but like Pia, just like like you were saying, her face, like it, she looked like uh, one of the things from I Am Legend. <laughs> like that was yeah. like the CG that they did there, because they obviously CG yeah. her face. Like that was not like no actual human makes that face. Yeah. Um. But it reminded me of a really funny like meme. I think I sent it to you where uh, the girls like. Hey, I heard the downstairs in your mouth are like the same. And she opens her mouth and it's like super wide. And the guy goes, yeah, it's like having sex with a bucket of water down there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, anyway. Um, but, you know, so so that's going on. And so she did not stop. And he kept pushing her to, yeah. to continue to, you know, uh, do the thing, if you will, Julie. And... Um, so now she passed out. Superman took her to the hospital. And Mannheim is 100% going to blame Superman for this. Yes. This is the way this is going to go. And I already hate it. Yeah. I, I Again, it's <clears throat> the thing about this season. It, it Some of the things that have happened, 
we've always talked about how the show has had restraint with mm-hmm. a lot of things, and there are there are some instances where that restraint has fallen off to the whole drama mm-hmm. type storyline beats that we see in in normal dramas. Right, and that you are a hundred percent correct. He's gonna do that. Right, he's gonna be like, "You caused this. This is your fault." Right. And it's like, no, dude, it was your fault. You kept telling her to try and kill me. And then she couldn't do what she needed to do. So yeah. anyway, uh, so yeah, so that was, that was like, I thought that was for the most part, a really good part of the story. Just kind of like the end mm-hmm. and the motivation that we're going to get coming out of this, I think lessens it. Um, but uh, the twins, I felt like had a really good episode this week. Yes. And I'm oh. real. I'm really starting to like the new Jonathan. I, the, again, the last couple episodes, I can't help but really think st- how would Jordan Elias have done this? You know, I, like, yeah. And, and and again, it's it's not fair to Cade Bumblefuck or whatever the dude's name is. Um, hold on. Uh, where is it? It's in here somewhere. Uh, it doesn't say. Anyway, um, and yeah, to your point. I, I actually think I've done a good job not doing that. Yeah. Except there are, there are instances where he does something. Michael uh, Bishop. He has a mannerism. Is Michael Bishop. Yeah. Sorry. When he sounds yeah. like a, it almost sounds like a spy name. Michael right. Bishop. Michael Bishop or a, a, like a cornerback in the NFL. Yeah. So like there, there are certain mannerisms he does that mm-hmm. really takes me back to Jordan Elias. And I see that. And he, he does that. I mean, he does a good job mimicking Jordan's initial original mannerisms. But the downside for me is that every now and then it brings me back to the original and unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's not fair to him. Like I said, I think he's starting to, at least for me, the last couple episodes I've really liked, I probably the last three episodes where it's where I've, I'm starting to warm to him. Mm -hmm. I I don't think he's doing a bad job. That's, that's the thing. Right. Yeah, it's just it's what he it's it's the thing of and again kind of like not kind of but he's coming after someone who really made themselves that role yeah and you, and that's isn't through no fault of his own I mean if he would have started off as Jonathan mm-hmm. we wouldn't have any issues with it no but the, the the initial character by Jordan Elias was so good and yep. Just hit, like I think you said it like or two weeks ago, the earnestness that he had, or something yeah. along those lines. You said where the authenticity, it, like authenticity. Yeah. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, but yeah, I think this was a good storyline, and and Jordan, man, Jordan, you gotta. I, I the one thing I like is that, like you said, this is a good because these brothers are their brothers. And so they're going to say shitty things to each other. You know, Jonathan yeah. has done this to Jordan when he, when he remember when, when Jordan, Jordan was having his hearing come in and mm-hmm. Jonathan got pissed. Right. And yeah, you know, when he hit what was he hit the wall, he just hit to, the wall. Yeah. And yeah. sent him into a, a flurry. So yeah, that the, I have laser vision while you're delivering coffee or yeah. what have you. That's- yeah, that was, that was harsh, man. And, and like, cause Jordan, like I get what Jordan was trying to do. Right. I understand. But at, at the end of the day, like Jonathan made a great point. It's like, you're not the only hero. You have to let us do this. And then there were ramifications beyond that because 
Kyle has been investigating and he's on to Superboy. He knows there's a powered person who's intervening and now Jordan has to be extra careful. Yeah. And that's, I I like that because that's showing Kyle is a Mm -hmm. capable individual. It's just reminding us that is that's again, one of those things this show does well, even with the supporting characters, it generally does a good job showing these are capable people. These aren't just like stand-ins for, you know, a few minutes of time on screen. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I liked Clark and Chrissy together. This is the first time I've actually liked Chrissy in an episode. Yeah. I didn't hate her. Um, I think she just needs to not be like so whatever she normally is. <laughs> um, but my uh, just kind of last part of this episode, my favorite part of this episode is I am so looking forward to Sam Lane nailing Lana Lang. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> and he's be like, "Look, I'm sorry, Clark. I, I had to. I just had to. I mean, look at her. Just look at her. She's a dime yeah. piece. Like, you know. And look and at me. I'm it a was, fucking Alpha Chad, Dod. You know, yeah. badass. And it's so funny you said that because when they were at the diner, <laughs> yeah. that was the first freaking thing that went through my mind. I was well, like, Are they gonna just? I, did you like what I texted you? <laughs> did you laugh? Like, yeah. literally out loud. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I hate that. I hate that phrase, but I thought it was like really relevant there. <laughs> yeah. But so. like I said, I, I laughed too because that was it was it really went through my mind oh, as yeah. well. Cool. 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 All right. Well, let's move on to the last topic of the week. Um, Ted Lasso season three, episode nine. Uh, we've only got three episodes left. Yeah. So, um, this is La rocker, La, La locker room, uh, all Foley's, um, written by Erica Dutton or sorry, directed by Erica Dutton, written by Chuck Hayward. Um, out of five, trust me, bruvs. What do you give this? Uh, four point one one. Ooh, good, nice one. Uh, I am gonna go with a four point two three. Um, so I, I really, I really liked. So we'll we'll talk about Isaac um, and Colin first, just because it's the most of the, like not it's the main story in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really, it was really interesting with Isaac giving him the cold shoulder. Um, I, I thought that was that was really good uh, because it kind of left that tension there. And you know, Isaac is is not you know not sure what to do about it. He's gone to Trent. Um, you know, Trent gave him the proper you know. Um, advice like you've dealt with this like you know your whole life he's known for like a week you know give him space um you know and then uh you know the guy the the fan uses what they call the other f word uh yeah and and isaac has a malice in the palace gets his uh his inner ron artest going and goes and uh confronts the fan i would not say he attacked the fan at all yeah um but uh, but yeah, it's it's a good thing, and um, I'm excited to see where where this goes. Um, I thought it was interesting because Colin came out to the locker room mid game where they were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what was going on between him and Isaac was definitely affecting the rest of the team, and I don't think yeah. everybody noticed it. Um, 
I think they just no, knew they that did. their they just knew that their energy was off, right? Right. Yeah. So and um, yeah, I, I really like this episode. I I've had issues with this season. I think we both have yeah. where it's it's just. And, and again, you said this early on with the whole Keely Jack thing. Like, they're doing this mm-hmm. for the awards. Yeah, they like, when, they want to they want to be able to get awards. I mean, they've got the rest this, of the diversity covered in this show. Yeah, and this like, is the thing. Watching how the whole this whole Colin Isaac thing developed organically and doesn't feel forced or unnatural mm-hmm. in the sense of no the, i mean it's a script it, it's something that would happen in the real world the keely thing yeah. the keely thing takes away from the power it, of this storyline that that was exactly going to be yeah, my point sorry to the keely no I, I, but again you, that's so we're both in you know we both see that that the entire keely yeah. jack thing is unnecessary it takes away from something far more important right in the sense of the whole Colin Isaac, right. you know, Colin being gay. This is how, and again, this is what I was taught. We were talking about and with good writing mm-hmm. and, you know, delivering a message that, you know, people, it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree, have, have no opinion of it at all. Yeah. The way they have done this, the way I, re- I really like this. The you know, Keely stuff was well garbage. A, this is good storytelling. Yes. And it doesn't, because it doesn't matter who you love. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight yeah. or whatever, right? As long as, you know, well, you leave kids alone. But, um, yeah. you know, at, at the end of the day, the, the, the fact that the Keely stuff got so much screen time. For no, and it it offered it added nothing. Yeah, nothing. It took away from Keely's It was a net negative. Yes, yes. yes. It was a net negative for um, everyone involved. But like you could have erased all of the Keely stuff and maybe had Rebecca date. You know, like that would have been interesting. But uh, my, my favorite part was when he told them, and they're like, "Yeah, we play soccer. Like everyone thinks we're gay." You know, that was essentially yeah. the, you know, the, uh, the outcome there. But no, I mean, like, no, they don't care. Like, you know, I mean, this is England. That's not, you know, yeah. anyway. Um, but I thought that was really good. And then they went out. Colin had a great second half, you know, got man of the match. Um, and then the, you know, it ended with Isaac having a chat with with Roy Kent. Roy had a great press conference where he told a story about making a bad joke and getting his ass kicked. Dude, that was. And got a guy kicked out of was, the league, right? Again, the press conference stories, like episode one of season two, when Ted tells the story about the dog, yep. like when he was a kid. I mean that. I mean, and then this one with Roy and the and well, the way Brett Goldstein with, plays um, this. Last week with Beard and Rebecca, like falling into the yeah. same trap about the guitarist, like you know, like yeah, they, you're right. The, the 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 press conferences are fun. Yeah, and just the way Brett Goldstein delivers that mm-hmm. story. Oh yeah, is, this is his I mean, for so for your consideration scene. Yeah, I, I I just and again that was one of those things that I mean he had some very good moments mm-hmm. too in the <laughs> hey would you you mind uh, doing the press conference? The fuck no, I mean why well, can't Ted do it? <laughs> right. I mean yeah. sure, <laughs> and then he gives it to Beard. But but the development of the characters and and that's this is what I I've liked. I really like about this. We were talking about how this week's Soups and Lolo moved the story forward. 
this moves the characters forward. You see it with Roy. You see it with obviously Colin and Isaac. I mean, you see it with um, Nate and Jade are moving forward and, and, and we're seeing more of the heroes or not the heroes, but the redemption of Nate is, I mean, we, I think you said that two episodes ago, right. like, you know, it's in full force, but seeing that and again, solidifying Rupert, it's just a vile, vile human being, which Anthony had just, I mean, he looks Machiavellian every time I oh, see him yeah. in this. He, in he this more and more, but yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Like, I liked this episode. I did like this episode a lot. I mean, I thought, I think heading into the home stretch, it's the show is going in the direction it needs to go. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I, this is what I've, loved about ted lasso from the start it gives you snippets of seriousness you know plus or minus here and there a few minutes here and there but it sprinkles that in with what it should be it's it's a feel excuse me it's a feel-good comedy Mm -hmm. and i think think the first half of this season lost sight of that yes Um, i'm just glad that we're getting back to what we've loved about this show from the start. Yes. So uh, I forget who it was. It might have been Deadline uh, said that the first two episodes of Ted Lasso was great and the rest of the season has lost its way. And it's like, you people are fucking retarded. Like the the first two episodes of this show, like I literally was thinking Ted was going to kill himself. Like that's how dark mm-hmm. this show was. It did and, start off very dark, yes. And and it did not get good until they went to Amsterdam. Like this Zava stuff yeah, right. was fun but dumb and not like it was kind of a waste for the final season to to do two or yeah. two and a half episodes of Zava. Um but the show got really the show got back to its roots. I told like I mean I said it, it found its legs in Amsterdam. So Yes, it did. Like um, with, no, and you specifically said when Rebecca's on the bridge. Yeah. That's when you said that, like, and again, because the first part of that episode, I was like, eh, I was like, what is Brian talking about? <laughs> and then the second half of the episode, I absolutely love. Well, the second so, half of the episode made the first half of the episode worthwhile. Yeah, 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 you it know? did. It did. It did. So it was it was like season five of Breaking Bad made season one of Breaking Bad good. I, I, I don't I don't understand that reference. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad yet. Okay. I'm on season two still. So. Okay, so here's the thing. It took me three tries to get through Breaking Bad because I could not get past the first season. Because I thought I think the first season of that show, standalone, is specifically not good. Mm-hmm. Now, once Gus Fring comes into the mix about the first third of season three, that's when that show gets really good. Then Terry that's Gillum. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Terry Gillum that's is such a really good writer. Doing. When you get to season five, everything ties back because what they don't tell you is the whole Breaking Bad thing is just like not even a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I think I if it's even a year, that. I'm shocked. You know, but anyway, yeah. That's beside the point. Um I'm 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 happy where this is going into the finale. I think I'm 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 beginning to come around to your side that if they're going to do a spinoff without Ted, Roy is probably gonna be the the head coach. And he's and again, he's starting to show that he has a different gear than just and again, because I love the, you know, the grumpy Roy. Don't get me wrong. But 
uh, you can't I don't think that would work for a whole season him that way and right. that's why I think this episode was so important mm -hmm. because it showed him although and again it showed him as a sensitive Roy too mm -hmm. every one of you knows my R Saint Harry yeah. yet none, none of, of you, you. <laughs> spoke up I will never forgive you that seat <laughs> he's right his ass isn't Harry. <laughs> We're all cowards. Yes. <laughs> Fucking Isaac. I love Isaac. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see where they go for the last three episodes. I really am. Yes. Um, I think Ted was like talking to Michelle on the phone. Yeah. Like, they didn't the like clearly with... state that, you know, but like it seemed like, you know, I mean, like it, it was her voice, I guess. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so I mean, I think Ted's going to end up back in back in america yeah, I, yeah. and and i mean again, and jane I won't let he, beard leave so yeah and i think he's i, I can i'll be honest i'm kind of glad we haven't had jane this season I, yes I mean, yes i mean uh, like jane jane is um oh what was the show where uh the guy's wife you never met her oh vera um norm's wife in cheers oh okay you know his wife oh, yeah, he's always talking about his here. wife but we never meet her that's the joke yeah so yeah but anyway, um, so yeah, I uh, I liked and, that. And and again, the only sort of ham-fisted thing that I again, this is I say it's ham-fisted a little bit, but I absolutely agree with it. Is when they you know when Isaac goes crazy about the F word, which in yeah in my in in the old days, let's be honest, that's uh you know that's every other word in the call of duty lobbies that i used to play right. <laughs> look but, isaac if you can't survive a call of duty lobby can you call yourself a man yeah but what what he what he says and and roy kind of reiterates is that i mean dude i i i don't have a trouble problem i i will never boo usually unless it's a dirty play or something like that i don't mind i'm i don't mind people booing my problem is when people say stuff that shouldn't be said yeah and now it doesn't mean you you go out and, and attack the fan but it, it again it's like online people think they're untouchable online so they say what they wouldn't say to somebody's yeah. face yeah i and, mean i and get I it you can throw like a, a snowball with a battery in it at santa claus like that's part of your ticket price if you live in philadelphia yeah. Um, if you live in Cincinnati and you throw snowballs at the refs, you get told you don't, you don't live in leave. Cleveland. So, you which know, I mean, which is true. We're not, we are, we are much more sophisticated than those heathens who set their own One of the greatest on sport lines in history. Yeah. So. You don't live in Cleveland. I don't know. I feel like Bill Huggins' <laughs> use of this word referring to Xavier in the 90s was pretty accurate. So. Yeah. Dude, that was. So. Um, anyway, that was. Yeah. But I, I, but what Roy says, and and again, this is yeah that I we could talk about that is, I okay. But Roy saying Roy can't saying, and this is where people get entitled, and not just sports, but in in you know when you're paying for something, dude, you're paying yes, you're paying for entertainment, but these are also people, and and I loved how Roy said none of us knows what's going on in each other's lives mm -hmm. and it this this is just regular life too and that's where that's i try to step back sometimes when i get ticked off when somebody set does something just because i again it, it, it's not excusing bad behavior that that's and that's what roy says he even says that he was like look 
this is he's lucky he just got red carded. This doesn't excuse what he did. But right. and, and he doesn't say, but I understand. He says, but I give him love. Right. That doesn't mean you you you, you didn't screw up and you didn't do you did something stupid. Mm-hmm. But we have to realize sometimes that, you know, that that's that's I think that's an easier way or a better way to go yeah. through life is just looking at somebody and saying, look, I don't know what this person's going through. And that sometimes tempers our reaction to getting pissed off when somebody does something. And again, I'm not I'm just talking about somebody has a, a, re, a an action and does something like, you know, yell at you in traffic or something like mm-hmm. that. It's like, OK, yes, I want to react in a, in a very certain way, but. Let me just step back and having that type of attitude. And again, you're human, so you're not going to always be able to do that because again, you're going through, you could go be going through something too. Mm-hmm. And it just, I just yeah, really like that. I was that going method. through something last week. I obviously didn't talk to you at all last week. If you, if you realize yeah. that, like, yeah, and no. it had nothing to do with you, but I, uh, you know, I just was like, yeah, no, I D, I can't do this. Do you mind doing it alone? So I appreciate right. you so much. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, you're right. So and and and, I, and again, I this is my favorite Roy part, and as to why he did what he did, that's none of my fucking business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll leave it at that. Yes, that's a great. I think that's how we end. So, all right. Well, cool. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, thank you, Daryl, for filling in last week on your own. Uh, I know that was a lot to ask, but I appreciate you doing it. Uh, no yeah. problem. Any uh, any last words? I got none. Well, I am almost. Maybe next week we can just. Uh, and you should in another week. You should get a little bit more playtime with Jedi Survivor. I'm likely going to be finished with it. Uh, I um I story. just Bye. got this to the the moon, and now I had to go back to Kobo. Okay. So, um, but uh, yeah. So. Okay. So did you meet Dagan, Dagan yet? You met no. Yeah, I no, met you Dagan. Haven't. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. The one armed, the one armed man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I beat him handily like a redheaded stepchild. My duel. So I, okay. So here's what I'm doing. Just on my Jedi Survivor update, I am going with the dual wield and the dual blade. I do no single blade action, and I got the blaster, uh, and I'm not even using the blaster because it's stupid. Yeah. So funny enough, I actually just started this last week. I've started using the single blade more than I have all game because I was using the uh, the dual blade and the dual. I was doing the dual blade more than anything, and yeah. then I just I read something. Of, you know, I've kind of upgraded my skills and as far as lightsaber skills, and so dude, I reset I my skill tree things. and I got all of my like survival stuff filled out mm-hmm. and then oh, half yeah. of the four stuff. And then I have the first one for the dual wield and the dual blade and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yes, I'm at the very end. I'm at the final mm-hmm. battle right now. So. And, uh, I got spoiled by, um, Bode, but I kind of called that. I think I told you. No, that, you, I? yeah. So, well, it depends on what you got spoiled. Like we call it that, and like, well, the first yeah, time no, I was spoiled him, about who like, he actually is or what he actually is. Oh, so I okay. did not I didn't know. Get I spoiled like, with that. Fuck. That would have been a cool. Yeah, that been such an awesome surprise. Anyway, yeah, that was All a right. cool surprise. Cool. Well, right. we're gonna call this because we're we're gonna do an after show that you guys don't get to hear. So, ha 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 ha.
We love you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.